Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, Colts Nation? I'm Lauren Someone back with my guy, Gerard Powers, here for Believe in Colts. And man, it's a weekend of free agency, and there is a ton to talk about even though the Colts really haven't done very much moving uh (laughs) there's there's reasons for it I think I think there's reasons for it one of which we will get into heavily um but how was your weekend Gerard weekend was good man uh kids on spring break basketball stuff going on beach trips all that type of stuff but the kids did get a stomach virus uh a cold a cold tried to creep up on me but i think i defeated it uh before it can really set a win but uh the week's been good man uh you know i I try not to complain too much (laughs) (laughs) How how about yourself Oh man, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I have been active Locked and in. sitting. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I'm trying to stay, you know, on the edge of, of, of all the information for people that follow me, you know, and right. and it's difficult. And I so wish Twitter had notifications that you could set for specific <laughs> words, right? That come out like Colt sign or you know, something like that. But right. or or traded two Colts, you know, or right. something. But man, it, they don't have that. Oh well, it is what it is. It's been a long weekend for me. I've, I've known that we were going to be doing this, you know, since about Thursday uh, when you informed me about your weekend plans. And I've just been sitting here waiting, waiting, waiting to <laughs> to do this this episode. <laughs> Ref- um, re- refreshing that Twitter, refreshing yeah. that Twitter <laughs> account every five minutes. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, but there is also March Madness going on right now. It it's is. that time of the year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us. If you're looking to wager this year, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. 
Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to get started. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, it's time to get into that. Let's get uh, to it. Absolutely. (laughs) Now there's some questions. Obviously, um, I dropped on Twitter, uh, asked Colts Nation for some questions for today's episode. And mainly because, you know, free agency is here and there's so much to get started. I want to know what Colts Nation themselves wanted, uh, wanted to hear our thoughts about. And we're going to start off, I'm going to go to the bottom of the list and work my way up. And Alan asks, and this is, a, this is an interesting question. How many pieces away do you think that the defense is from being one of those all-time dominant defenses like the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens or the 13 Seahawks? Uh, I think it's close. I like the core. I like the core group that we have because uh, I think guys been together for a few years. Um you know, when you're when you're with the the same core for an amount of years, it's it's almost as if you don't even you 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 speak that same language, like the chemistry, uh, all those things. It just it just works, like when you're on the field and everything. But uh, I think that we might be maybe a uh, a big time safety away. I think we have uh, you know with Kenny Moore and maybe another corner, big time corner, big time safety. Uh, I think linebacker were good. Uh, the D line, I think, I think we got the pieces, you know, there, uh, especially with, you know, uh, the trade we just got, you know, the other day. Uh, so I think, I think that we're close. I think it's just a matter of us putting it together in the playoffs. Cause normally great defenses define themselves in the playoffs. Um, I mean, you can rank top five, top 10 every year in the season, but if you don't have any type of hardware at the end of it, you know, that kind of just, you know, goes in your memory at the end, goes in the back of your memory at the end of the day. So I just think, I think we got a good defense. I just think need to be on that main stage to showcase it because, you know, like I said in the last pod, man, uh, when it comes to playoff football, like in the season, Everybody try to be pretty, you know, the glitz and glamour, the passing and all that type stuff. But as uh, soon as you get in the playoffs, it goes back to how football was created. Whoever blocks the best, whoever runs the ball, whoever tackles the best is normally the ones that's going to win. And uh, you look at what we have. We got a good defense. We got a good running game. Uh, missing a quarterback, obviously, Chris Ballard. You know, if you're out there listening to this, you know, we're waiting for that quarterback option to come. Uh, but, you know, uh, I think defense has kind of defined themselves on that big stage. And, uh, and and that's where I think we have to be to do that, because I think over the past few years, we've had a damn good defense. Oh, absolutely. I, I utterly agree. I think we're very, very close. If not there, I think we might be one or two pieces yeah. away. Um, I mean, you go like, like, look at last year's defense. Well, first off, all those great defenses were good in two out of three areas, right? They were either good at uh, takeovers and run D or run D and pass D, but not as good at uh, takeaways, you know, uh, pass D and takeaways. Well, the Colts last year were number two in takeaways and Mm -hmm. like top 10 in run defense, right? So they have two out of the three pieces. The thing that they really lacked was pass rush. 
right? That's mm. to, to help the pass defense because Gerard, you were a cornerback, so you know, pass rush is your best friend, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, I was I was blessed and lucky enough that uh, you know when I got to Indy, you got Robert Mathis on one side, you got Dwight Freeney on the other side, and I knew quarterbacks only had about two and a half seconds. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that, uh, it goes hand in hand. You know, I was blessed and lucky enough to play with some guys that kind of taught me that at a, at a young age, you know, I've been on t defenses to where we didn't have a pass rush and then everything kind of fell on the secondary's hand. You know, it's hard to cover guys in the NFL for seven, eight seconds back there. So, uh, it definitely <laughs> goes hand to hand with one another. Absolutely. Um, let's get to the, another, another question. Unknown asks an interesting question. He wants to know, and I'm, I'm just going to ad lib here. Why do you think that the Colts can be absolutely shut out dominant? And then the very, like the next half seem like they completely fall apart. Uh, my experiences with that would be more so of a maturity type thing. Um, you know, when you got core pieces and, and the leaders that we have on defense, you would expect that, you know, there's no drop off. You know, you don't go into halftime and get content. You don't go into halftime and think, you know, oh, we're doing what we're supposed to do. It's OK. We'll go back out there and finish the game. You're always having to make adjustments. Uh, you never can really you know, based your your final result on what you're doing in the first half. It's always about how you finish the game. So I think it was probably more so of growth and maturity as a whole. I'm not saying our main pieces are not locked in. I'm just more so saying as a whole. And that might even go as far as the coaching staff as well. You know, just just staying on point with everything. Um, and, and, and you want everybody collectively to be on that same page. So it, it can easily be a little deterred if, you know, one guy, two guys that play major roles, not really that locked in like they need to be, and you go back out there, and then all of a sudden you're giving up, you know, this 30-yard run, this easy pass for a touchdown, and all those type things, it can just hurt you. So I just think it's more of a maturity thing as a whole, and knowing it's not really about how you start, it's always about how you finish. And we normally get off to hot starts and then come back out in the second half, and it's just like, what in the world happened? It's like the offense made adjustments, but we didn't. And um, so I just think it's more of a maturity thing and everybody on that defense being on the same page. Okay. Uh, Rajan Kapoor asked uh, an interesting question. I don't know if you could answer it. Uh, I, I, I can't. Uh, well, maybe I can. What are we waiting, waiting for to address the offensive line? We got we got all these guys that left Mark Lewinsky, uh, Eric Fisher, right. um, you know, Reed, I don't even believe has been re-signed. Where, where do you what do you think is, Man, is going on? Um, there? It, it might be more of your question. I just remember a couple years ago, everybody was saying, well, not a couple, it might have been a few. Everybody said we had one of the best old lines in football. You know, and it's just it's crazy how year to year that can change with one guy missing or two guys missing or whatever that case may be. But it's hard to find great offensive line in football. It's just like, you know, finding a good cornerback. You know, that's why that's why, um, you know, you pay guys those top dollars and all that when, you, when you're blessed to find them. It's hard to find good offensive linemen. So, um, you know, when that that one core piece or that one 
you know, all pro or, or pro bowl guy leaves or whatnot. It's just hard to replace that. It might take you a couple years to, to replace that and get that chemistry. And uh, I know my time when I was in Indy, when it was Jeff Saturday and all those guys, those guys just had chemistry. You know, those guys played together for so long, man. And, I, and like I said, I think that helps build, um, build, I guess, your confidence as a whole. You might not be the most talented. You might not be the most, the, the best, you know, player, far as in your conference as O-line or whatever the case may be. But collectively, when you got that chemistry, man, it just works. Uh, so I think it's, you know, once you get a couple pieces that's, that's moving around and you got to fill those spots and that chemistry get off a little bit, uh, sometimes it can just throw things off. But I, I do think we got some good pieces on the O-line. It's just a matter of finding that chemistry again. Yeah, I, honestly, from what I saw last year, we have incredible depth on the interior. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like that we have guys that could step in uh, and play the interior of the offensive line. We need a left tackle. Left tackle. Need a left tackle for sure. Yeah. Need, need a, a and, and that's, Those are the that's, hard ones to find. <laughs> yes, they are. I mean, they're, they're not, they're not easy to go out there. And, and honestly, center would be number two, in my opinion, yes. you know. Um, but, when it comes to left tackle, maybe maybe Ballard uh, looks at the draft a little bit different this year than what he did last year. Last year, he was like, there's not a lot of starting quality left tackles, and that's why he didn't go out and get one in the draft and decided to get uh, Eric Fisher instead, whereas maybe this year he's looking at that going, well, there, there one might fall to us, you know. Uh, but I, other than that, Man, you would think you would get a left tackle uh, on this team just so that you could sell that to the quarterback, quarterback you know, whoever you're trying to get, right? Be like, look, <laughs> right. we have a wall for you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that is absolutely on point right there. Uh, you know, if our O-line was – you know, where it needs to be as far as the pieces in place. Maybe it wouldn't be so hard. Maybe we'll have a quarterback, you know, <laughs> at the moment. Maybe Carson would have worked out a little bit better, you know, and then protected himself a little bit. You just never know. So, um, you know, it's a couple couple big-time pieces we need on that offensive side, even though we got, you know, some good pieces. It, it is some key roles that we have to fill in order to get to where we want to get to. I mean, you're not going to make any type of playoff run without a left tackle. You know, it's just not going to happen. I mean, like I said, when you get in the playoffs, defenses win, man. Defenses make it tough on the offense. And, um, you know, you need that left tackle and right tackle as well. You need those guys to be able to hold their own because mm -hmm. I just said earlier, when I played, Dwight Freeney on one side and Robert Mathis on the other. Pick your poison. Like, you know, we right. knew what we knew uh, the situation and we knew that we might not have been, you know, the best defense in the league, but we knew we was going to create a lot of turnovers and we knew the quarterback had to get the ball out quick, which made game planning a lot easier. You know, when, when you're going into that weak game plan, we knew quarterbacks weren't going to be able to just pat the ball all day and, you know, and do all these different type of things. So, um, you know, once we get this O-line fixed up, which who knows when that's going to happen, because, uh, you know, hopefully today about four o'clock, we'll know who's going to be the quarterback and maybe whoever the quarterback is will be able to draw some some guys to come over to to help them out uh, at receiver as well. You know, you just never know how the domino might, you know, fall. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what's about to happen in the next couple of days. Absolutely. Now, I will say, you know, there's a lot of people out there that talk about, oh, well, this isn't 
the NFL from 20 years ago. This is a passing league. That's that's what gets you to the Super Bowl. I'm like, well, yeah, it might get you to the Super Bowl. Get you to the but have yeah, but but have you seen the last couple Super Bowls? Okay, I mean, if you don't have an offensive line and the other team has a really good defense, it's not looking good for you. I mean, last time I checked uh, two Super Bowls ago, Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. No question. And and last Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure Joe Burrow was doing almost the exact same thing. So, And I I just said that you can't make a playoff run without an offensive line, and the Bengals definitely proved me wrong on that one, but it almost got their (laughs) franchise quarterback killed. Killed, uh, Yeah, you definitely want to make sure, you know, guys can be protected back there so they can do what they do. And plus, with the running game that we already have, just imagine – you know, with a with a mm-hmm. top old line like Jonathan Taylor wearing for what 1,900, 1,800 yards. Just imagine yep. what he'll do. You know, if that if that old line is solidified. All right, uh, two more questions we're going to ask. One, uh, Kent asks, uh, do you know if there's any rookie quarterbacks to target this draft? If you are going to draft a quarter, now it could be some surprises. You know, I don't want to, you know, put a damper on these guys, but just going off of what I've seen uh, and just watching from college last year, watching the combine and kind of doing a little bit of research, I look at the quarterback draft class this year as more projects, you know, guys that are not day one starters, but guys that could potentially, you know, in two, three years, you know, be franchise guys. But I still think, uh, the guys that's available now has a lot learning to do. You know, I don't think they're fully developed. You know, um, even though guys might have some talent, arm talent like uh, Malik Willis had, you know, great arm. Uh, the the kid from Pittsburgh has a great arm and all that. But I don't I don't see that it factor to where they can just come in and lead a franchise if that makes sense. So I'm not I'm not putting a damper saying these guys are not good. They're good. Don't get me wrong, but I think that's more so two three years down the road. Uh, rather than right now and the coach right now want to win they're not in a rebuilding phase they're not in a you know we got three four more years to do this you know their window they feel like their window is right now they got the pieces they got the defense and they just trying to you know get that puzzle piece to come in and fit just right so you know you can hit that thing running so I, I feel like the quarterback classes has potential to be good but not day one starters no, I, I utterly agree with you, and that's the problem, okay? If if it's, if you draft a guy that you are honestly expecting to upgrade from, there's no reason to spend a day one or day two pick on him, all right? Because yep. if you're trying to upgrade from him, you need to go out and get somebody that you're expecting on day day one, day two, so first through third rounds, you need those guys to be starters or someone that's you expect to be uh you know on the team five six years from now and if you're drafting a guy and expecting expecting them to be a backup or someone that you're wanting to upgrade from later on why spend a quality pick on them it just don't make any sense to me uh just to talk about the quarterback situation so my experience man um 2011 so when i got when i got to the coach in 2009 you know I'm, i'm thinking that it's just easy in the NFL. You know, we go 14 and 0. Jim Caldwell sits the starters the last two games. Of course, Peyton's the quarterback for those next year. But when we got to 2011 and Peyton was injured and couldn't play, that's when I realized how hard it was 
to find a quarterback that can really lead a team to win. You know, we went from Curtis Painter to uh, Sergio to uh, Kerry Collins to like we had like four or five different quarterbacks that season. And I'm just sitting here just like, oh, it is hard in the NFL. I thought the NFL was freaking easy, you know, so uh, I understand everybody's frustrations, but people have to realize like when, when you're in the front office, you know, like in, in Chris Ballard's shoes and and you're limited at options, you have to kind of take your time to make sure we have to bring somebody in that's going to be competitive enough to win games. You don't want to bring anybody in here to where it's going to make this season that, that you can't get in the playoffs. You don't have a shot with this guy. You want to bring somebody in that's going to, you know, compete for this thing and get you guys in the playoffs. So I understand him taking his time and trying to make sure he find that right guy. But, you know, I'm I'm, I'm kind of like you in the, uh, when are we going to do it? Like, when when are you going to pull the trigger and, uh, and, let, and let the world know what's going to happen? So, um, again, I'm excited to see what's about to happen. But it's hard to find a quarterback in this league. And if you don't have one, you're not going to succeed. So you got to do your due di diligence and pick the right one. Yes, I completely agree to that. <laughs> I have nothing extra to add. You really filled that in really, really well. Uh, last question from Twitter, uh, from The Noob. Love that name. Just, uh, yeah, we'll work with that. Uh, he says, is is Ballard's offseason strategy good for player morale? It seems like some there is some frustration by some of the players on social media. Uh, when, when you see player, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it frustration. I think a lot of players in today's age know how to engage in fans and, and know how to interact to where as a fan, you might feel like they're upset or, you know, things of that nature, but players kind of let, you know, front office guys, you know, everybody above do their jobs. You know, when you're a player, I, I'm not saying you're at the bottom of the totem pole, but you really don't have any type of say so and who comes and who goes. Um, you might get on Twitter. I know it's fun in the offseason to see guys trying to recruit guys. And, you know, you see uh, Kenny Moore hitting Tyron Matthew up and, you know, and all that stuff is fun, which, you know, it's 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 great for fan interaction. But, you know, when Kenny Moore goes back to the facility to work out, he's not talking to Chris Ballard on who's the next quarterback. You know, that that Chris Ballard knows, you know, that's his job. His job is on the line with whoever he brings in, whether it's the quarterback, the left tackle, the the guys on defense, that's all on him. Uh, so as a player, you kind of just let those guys be because you know they want to win. Everybody in that building wants to win. They're not going to do anything or make any decision to where it's not, you know, geared to helping the team win. So you just trust those guys to make the right decision at the end of the day. Yeah, and also – Here's here's another thing, something that kind of trumps uh, him going after big names in free agency, like like what you've seen in the AFC West, you know, this this right. this yeah. past week, something that trumps that I I would feel like I've, I've never played in the NFL. I'll, I'll get your your opinion on this is the fact that he has made it very clear that when he brings you in whether it's draft or free agency and you play well, you will get paid. You will get that second contract. Yeah. You get, he, he takes care of his own guys. Right. And I feel like that's more important to a player and their morale 
than it would be just going out and spending a bunch of money on a, on a, on, a, on an already proven player out there. What what are you what are your thoughts on that? No, no, you're exactly right. You know, different organizations run their you know business differently. Some people like going to get those big names. Some people do that. That's just how they run their business. But if you look in the coach history from Bill Polian days, you know it was always he was going to take care of the guys he drafted or brought in. If you you came in and played halfway decent. And, and you were a major leader and you were a great locker room guy, great on the field, off the field. You know, they were going to try to do whatever they can to make sure they kept those key pieces in place. And I think Chris Ballard, you know, then when you go to Ron Grixon, it was a little different. You know, he went mm-hmm. for the big name guys and it didn't work. You know, it just didn't work. And obviously he lost his job. So when you get Chris Ballard back in the fold, you know, maybe it was Ursay that's saying like, yo, we're not doing that again. You know, we're going to go back to our old, our old rules, our old habits. But as a, as a player coming into the organization and you know that it's a different type of comfort, a different type of, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but you want to be a part of something like that, to where, you know, you're going to get rewarded by the team that drafted you or the team that brought you in. If you just do your job. And uh, and and I, I like that. I like that about the coach organization. I like that they take care of their own or try their best to take care of their own. You know, I know in some situations you can't pay everybody. You know, you can't can't keep everybody. But, you know, when you're talking about those core pieces, you know, I like the fact that you keep those guys together, because like I said, chemistry beats everything like chemistry will take you a long way, man. And, uh, and I think that's what we have, you know, with the Colts. And, uh, you know, especially you look at that defense, you look at you know, some of the the young guys is now starting to emerge as the new faces of, you know, the coach, like I say, the Jonathan Taylors, the Michael Pittmans and all these guys that's coming into these next years. Like if y'all continue to just do what you do, you're going to be the face of this thing and they're going to take care of you and uh, make sure that they continue to bring the right pieces in to compete and go at that Super Bowl year in, year out. It's just Chris is just in a tough situation, man, with the uh the 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 QB spot you know because you know Bill Polian never had to worry about a quarterback you know it was always just we just need this piece or that piece you know it was never oh who having to fill this this big role it was never that so Chris is just in a tough spot and I think you know the fans have to let him just do his job because he's one of the best GMs in football no matter what anybody says no matter what happened these last year last two years whatever the case may be the guy does his job and he does his job well I think we just got to trust the process and just know he's in a tough situation it's not too many good quarterback options right there right now and uh, I think he's in a spot now that he got to find somebody to come in that can get this team into the playoffs because once you get in the dance anything can happen Uh, but going forward you want to have a guy that you know is going to be you know under the center for the next 10 years the next 12 years or whatever the case may be. And that might have to take another year to find that. You know, I'm I'm not sure if Baker Mayfield comes, this is the guy that we want at quarterback for the next 10 years. You know, I'm just not sure off of what we've seen with the Browns. Yeah, I think Baker can come in and help us be very competitive and help us, you know, do some things, which is if he does, maybe then, yeah, now we can look at Baker as – the, the the franchise but any quarterback that comes to Indy knowing that the the I guess the mindset of the fans when it comes to the quarterback position because we're all been spoiled by Peyton Manning 
and Andrew Luck and the, the great play and all that type of stuff. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for guys to come in and fill those shoes just because it's never going to be good enough, you know, to fans unless, you know, we're competing for that thing. And, uh, you know, we're in the playoffs every year and we got a shot at the Super Bowl. Yep. And that gets us into that quarterback discussion. Uh, that's that's what everybody's sitting here waiting for. I'm almost 100% uh, sure on that. And that's what we're going to get into. You you kind of dove into a little bit with Baker Mayfield. Uh, a lot of people want to say that Baker is like Wentz 2.0, right? And I'm going to I'm gonna push back. Uh, Baker's my number one choice. Ryan's my number two. Um, I respect the opinions of others. That's fine. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, everybody's allowed their own opinion. I look at Baker. I see a competitor. I see a guy who wants to go out there and win and and do everything he can for his team. Does he have a personality? Absolutely. Everybody has a personality. You know, it just might be a little bit more out there. That's that's right. fine. It's, right. it, I don't see his personality as something that is detrimental to the team, though. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, what I do see from him, he came in as a rookie, played very good as a rookie. Very, yeah. very good. Uh, his second year is offensive line, all kind of injuries, problems. He took a dip that year. And then in uh, 2020, came out, played phenomenal, phenomenal football. I think he was, what, 11 and 6, went to the playoffs, won a yeah, playoff a game. Mm -hmm. uh, beat Pittsburgh by the worst margin they ever had ever as a franchise, right? right? <laughs> against that defense. Yeah, he scored cool. over 40 points against that defense. That's impressive. Mm -hmm. um, and then last year, injuries. Injuries yeah. really hurt him. I can't I can't look at last year's performance because it was like week one or week two that Baker ended up tearing his, his labrum, right? right. So right. I, I, you can't look at that and go, well, that's what you get from Baker Mayfield. You know, right. uh, just throw that out. Um, but that's, that's how I see it. I think. The other thing I like about him, he's on his fifth-year option. He's under $19 million a year. You bring him in. You let him play. If he plays well, you can extend him at any time. Yeah. And yeah. If you like what you see from him during training camp, you could just be like, dude, here. Here's here's a contract. Here's, here's an extension offer, right? Right. Or something of that nature. But if he doesn't play well, Move let on. him walk. Yeah. Right? Won't cost you anything. Uh, will it cost a little bit of a draft pick? Absolutely. But most of the guys out there that's worth getting is going to right now, right? right? Because there's, you know, whether you're looking at Matt Ryan or whether you're looking at Baker Mayfield, uh, either of those guys, in my opinion, or Jimmy G, I'm not a fan of getting Jimmy G my personally, but even if you do, it's going to cost right. you a draft pick. Right? right. Um, see, so my, my take on that is my opinion of Baker is not as play. It's the adversity that I saw him go through and how he handled it far as basically off the field. When people start complaining about him or talking about his play, how he just showed a, a kind of immature side, you know, if that makes sense, you know, going to the Twitters and, you know, all, okay. all that type of stuff. So that's what I mean by if Baker comes to Indy and think that it's just going to be some peaches and cream, like we got a fan base that really care about football and that mm -hmm. really knows the quarterback position. And I think it's just a certain type of 
leader that our fans look for in that position, if that makes sense. And uh, so that was my take. I, I, it's, it's not his play at all because I know how hard it is to play in the NFL. So I'm not going to judge guys, you know, that play through injuries that, you know, go out there and sacrifice, you know, their bodies, you know, every day to to try to get a victory. Um, I hate I hate judging guys on, on their play just because you just never know what's going on. My thing about Baker is the immaturity that I saw him do when he faced adversity made me question how he was as a leader in the locker room. That was my thing. When you talk about Indy, we're, we've always had a good locker room. Even the bad teams, there was a good locker room. You know, it was continuity, chemistry, all that. So I would just hate for someone to come in that's just not ready. Not I'm not going to say ready. Shoot, he's an NFL starting quarterback. But I would hate for somebody to come in that don't fit that mold as far as the leadership role when it comes to how we view our quarterback position in the in Indy. So that that that's my take on it. It's not his play. So if I had to choose between him or Matt Ryan, see, I was I would say Matt Ryan just because he's been he's been in the league a while. He has, you know, a lot left in his tank far as I, I would say maybe three years, three, four years, you know, you know, he's still playing good football. Um, you know, he's been to a Super Bowl. Nobody, nobody's questioned his leadership. You know, there's never been a a question when it comes to to things like that so i can see matt ryan kind of coming in and and being that guy that kind of make coach fans be like well i mean you know it's not his fault he threw for 350 he had three touchdowns i mean that's what matt ryan does he might not he might throw a you know a bad ball here or there or he might not be the most flashiest one you know he 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 runs a little like peyton now to where he can't he can't move around and do those things and i'm not comparing him to Peyton by any means. Uh, but when you're talking about an accomplished quarterback that's done a lot in this game and, you know, threw for a lot of yards, you know, you look at when Phillip Rivers came, you know, he was a one year and out. I think Matt Ryan can be more so of a three year to give Chris more time to find that guy and knowing that, well, our quarterback play right now is not the issue because we have an accomplished quarterback, if that makes sense. So that was, that was, that was kind of my take on uh, the quarterback situation. If I had to choose between the two, uh, I just feel like Matt Ryan would be the safer route and give Chris more time to find the guy that he wants because, of course, Matt Ryan's at the end of his career. We know, Well, towards the end of his career, but I do think he can play, you know, three, four more years of, of you know, good football with the right pieces around him. You know, we got a good running game. I'm so, Yeah, yeah, we got a good running game. We got a good defense, so we ain't got to really – put it in Matt Ryan's hand to win us the game. We just need somebody that knows how to get it done at the end of the day. Like I said, I'm not against the signing of Matt Ryan. He's my number two option, you know, yeah, uh, by, by place to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the thing about Matt that, that kind of, uh, we talked about his age and at his mm-hmm. age at quarterback, your abilities can drop off a cliff very quickly. We it saw can. it with Peyton Manning. You know, yeah. we saw it with him where one year he was he was out there breaking NFL records. The next year Control he had to yards. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it happens. Matt the the thing is Matt Ryan is by no means a long term answer, right? That's that now he will be a short term, someone that you could definitely he's kind of that stopgap guy. You know, where, like you said, you know, possibility two or three years where maybe you could find your guy. Whereas opposed to Baker, if he works out, 
he is, he can be a long term guy, right? Mm-hmm. I, th- right. I think I, I, that's 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 the upside of Baker Mayfield. If he works out, yeah. he can be that guy for the next ten plus years because mm-hmm. he's still what twenty six, I think, yeah, or something like that. 26. Yeah, true. yeah, no, that's that's true. Very true. Very true. All right. Um, wait, wait, wait before you... b- uh, before we move on though. Mm-hmm. Do you if if Baker is not traded to the Colts, where do you think Baker could land? Ooh, well, I could no see him Seattle. Going, I know Seattle. Well, I mean, if Atlanta trades uh, Matt Ryan to the Colts, uh, yeah, you know that's a shot. I, I, I've heard that Seattle's interested, um, which is interesting because from what I understood, Seattle liked Drew Locke. That's Drew why Locke, they wanted him yeah. part as part of that trade package but you know it doesn't hurt to have two guys in the in, in the quarterback room to compete right yeah yeah uh, and it's also really nice to have a backup quarterback uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but i could see that uh it'd be interesting maybe the saints uh i i understand they're 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 back in on the winston thing but at the same time you know i could see that uh, because I, I think that's, that's, I mean, honestly, Baker and Drew could very similar, you know, height wise, not, not necessarily skill set, but you know, yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like Baker would work well with that team more so than, than, uh, Seattle because Seattle's offensive line, especially, you know, is, is Dwayne Brown leaving? Has he left? Is he, is he now signed with somebody else? I can't. I don't know, but I, I know that he was looking for some. That offensive line is not good. <laughs> I, I played in Arizona. We we had eight sacks almost per game when we played those guys. But oh my Russ, goodness, yeah, Russ would Russ would find a way to still beat us though. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's Russell Wilson, right? No question. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, there, there's there's a few teams out there. I could maybe Detroit? the Giants. The Giants. I mean, what? What? what, I, mean, what, what I would I take about, Baker over Danny Dimes every day. <laughs> what I heard about Detroit <laughs> was uh, their former GM. I think that drafted Baker is with Detroit now, and they said that that could be some some smoke there a little bit. But I'm pretty sure Baker don't want to. He said they said he requested to be traded to the coach. So uh, <laughs> I think we got a little bit more pool than the Lions. Oh, I would hope so. Oh my goodness! <laughs> right. Um, it's just like when when Watson got traded, he he uh he put out uh, I want a team with a good offensive line, uh and a good defense and good coaching, right? right. That's that right. was and that's pretty much any quarterback, right? Yep. Uh, now, granted, would you like to have some weapons on offense? Sure, you know, but as a quarterback, you want a good offensive line, you want a defense that'll make you not have to put the game on your back all day long, and then coaching is so important, yeah, no matter what. Exactly. So I, uh, I still think Jonathan Taylor, man, is going to be the 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 little the the sweet cupcake that makes people you know want to come to the coach. Like when you talk about having a good running game, man, like and it ain't have to it don't have to be in your hands because I like say Baker do come to the coach. I feel like it's not going to be Baker as the face of the team. I think Jonathan Taylor is 
you know, established himself like, hey, this thing runs through me now. Like I proved last year that I can get this thing, you know, 20 touches a game, 25 touches a game. And we're normally going to come out on top if we do that. I remember we came to the Chiefs game and there's fans in the stands screaming like, why is it Jonathan Taylor getting the ball? Why aren't we giving Jonathan Taylor the ball? So I feel like going into this offseason, going into next season, you know, he's going to be, you know, first option. You know, like he's established himself as first option. So any quarterback that comes in has to have some type of, you know, sigh of relief that, you know, I don't have to, you know, throw the ball 50 times a game to win. Like we got mm-hmm. a good running game is more so let's manage. And when the big plays and the big opportunities come, I have to be ready to, to make those big throws and do that. But uh, good defense, good run game, that equals success at the end of the day. Absolutely it does. Now, a lot of people want to, uh, especially Colts Nation, I, I've had asked questions about why hasn't Ballard went out and gotten wide receivers? Well, first off, you just talked about, <laughs> you know, the selling point for a quarterback right. is the offensive line and a running game. And I'm telling you right now, the selling point for a wide receiver is the quarterback. quarterback. Okay. Yeah. By far. No one is, no wide receiver that is worth their salt is going to want to come to a team where currently your starting quarterback is Sam Ellinger. Okay. No offense to Sam, Sam. just saying. And then on top of that, it makes it difficult on a GM to go out and get any wide receivers. If you don't know what kind of quarterback you have, Mm -hmm. like um, if you got a quarterback, like let's say Jimmy Garoppolo, right? You're going to go after a much different style receiver for his assets. The, what he plays, than than what you would if it was a Matt Ryan or a Baker Mayfield, right? There's it's just different. Um, you're you're not going to get a burner that goes down the field 50-50 catcher all the way down the field all the time with a Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not his style. You know, he wants those little quick guys that can get in and out of cuts and breaks uh uh early in their routes and get them the ball and try to get yak yardage, right? That's that's the kind of guy that that you want to go with um a Jimmy Garoppolo. Where, you know, so there's there's a difference there. So absolutely, the quarterback has to be figured out soon for the Indianapolis Colts. If Ballard is to move on with this, you know, um, offensive free agency. Right. Uh, even draft. He definitely has to have it before the draft. Uh, no, no. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but before he goes out and gets you know, tight ends or wide receivers, which is another reason why I, I don't think that he's went out and signed a tight end. I don't know. We, we, we've got two on the, on the board. We got our second year, Kylan Granson. We got, we just re-signed Mo Cox, which I figured was an absolute must do uh, as soon as Doyle retired. Uh, but we still have a spot because we generally keep three tight ends on the, on the 53 man roster. He might like someone in a draft uh, yeah. because you know, right now, it was, there's not a- it was some it was some speed in the draft from that wide receiver class. And then, mm-hmm. like like I said, when you look at, you know, the year Michael Pittman had, had it, Ballard might be looking at it more. So he's expecting a huge jump from him uh, this coming season. So he can, you know, maybe go into the draft if he gets the quarterback that he wants, you know, uh, right now. And you got a running game. He might be thinking that first round pick 
you know, if there's a left tackle out there, great. But we can get some damn good wide receivers, uh, you know, in this draft class with speed, with good ball skills and, and, and all of those type things. So um, I'm pretty sure he has a plan uh, on on the execution on how the, the dominoes are going to fall. Uh, but like you said, I think the free agent wide receivers are just it's 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 out. It's it, like the big ones mm -hmm. that, that everybody see the big names. They're not going to come to Indy because there's no quarterback. There's no big time wide receiver that's going to leave mm -hmm. one bad situation and come to a, a situation with no quarterback. So I think uh, I think we'll get, you know, some pretty good wide receivers in the draft. It's a deep wide receiver draft class. Well, just off of what I saw at the combine, I mean, it was four, two, mm -hmm. four, three, all over it. Uh, so I think he he can definitely get some get some speed on on the offensive side of the ball. Like you say, T.Y., you know, been banged up the past few years. So he knows he has to upgrade that wide receiver room. And um, like you said, you get you, if Baker, Matt Ryan, either one of them, you know, they get over there. And then all of a sudden you got, you know, your number one receiver now and Michael Pittman, who's a bigger guy, which you like those down the field, big targets. And then you can get some speed to complement that with the running game, uh, hopefully find a left tackle uh, some way, somehow. And and like you already said, the defense is, is ready to go. And, you know, it's a lot of good defensive free agents that's still hanging around. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I talked, I talked to Ty, Tyron Matthew the other day and he just, you know, his exact words were, you know, I'm taking my time with this thing and I'm going to see what's the best fit for me. And you know me, hey, Indy's the best fit. You want to play indoors? <laughs> you want to come on to Indy, man? So uh, I think it's some good defensive guys to where we were talking about earlier about having that great defense. It's some good defensive guys that's left in the free agency that, that can add to this defense and make it even more dynamic. I mean, just imagine Kenny Moore and Tyron Matthew together. You know, I mean, that's just, I mean, you're talking about ball hawks all over the field. And then you look at, you know, a deep threat like Michael Pittman and then, you know, adding a wide receiver that's complimentary off that with a good running game. I, I mean, we're close. As, as frustrated the fans might be at the moment with what's going on, if the pieces fall in place like they might, I'm telling you, man, like we're, we're, we're close. We're, we're very close. Man, I, I, I absolutely love Blackman the safety for the Colts, his, his injury last year was, 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 yeah. uh, unfortunate. Uh, and, and Tyron's that's his spot is a free safety. So yeah, uh, I don't, he says, he says he's a positionless guy. He play anywhere. But, is exactly but, <laughs> I mean, on passing downs, having Blackman and him together would be pretty solid. I, I think that would be amazing because Blackman's kind of a ball hawk as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and But Blackman's also a downhill tackler. So I could see Blackman playing uh, that strong safety position occasionally and, and, and coming down into the box. We've seen it before. I, I, I don't see any issues with him doing that as well. That would be a scary safety uh, position. Oh, yeah, especially, especially. Go ahead. I was about to say, and I was just saying, Ty, because that was the first person that popped in my mind on the, the list. But, yeah, I mean, you just look at the guys that's available right now. I mean, you, I mean, it's some damn good players that can add to the defense, whether linebacker, safety, whatever the case may be, to just boost us even more. So, um, you know, I just I just think we're, we're very close in, in having that team, you know, to, to compete for this thing. Oh, well, yeah. With, well, with Yannick sitting beside Buckner, Pay on the other end, Grover Stewart in the middle, plus the depth that we have on the defensive line. If our pass rush is as good as I think it can be, Blackman and 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 
and Matthew would be freaking fantastic because that that means they wouldn't have to sit there and wait forever. They could jump routes if they They're wanted to. Yeah. Yo, my goodness that! And you thought that we had a lot of turnovers last year? Uh, <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! And then you're talking about like I know we're talking about Ty right now, but I mean you're talking about a guy that's a Super Bowl champion, a guy that's you know been there and done it and. You know, right now we want we want that energy in our locker room. We want somebody that knows like, no, nah, this is what we got to do. This is this is this is getting over the hump, you know, so we need, you know, more of those guys that's been winning and, and knowing, you know, the struggles and getting over adversity and all that. So uh, and that's my guy. That's the only reason I brought him up. But I just thought he would be a good fit, you know, with what we have. So <laughs> where did his nickname come from? I was always curious about that. I think when he was in college, um, somebody had said some somebody had asked him one time that he knew what a the a honey badger was or whatnot, and he didn't. And he was just talking. They were talking about how quick they were, you know, far as instinctively and all that type of stuff. And then uh, the next year, that summer, he dyed his hair uh, blonde to resemble. Uh, a honey badger just imagine if the nil was going on back then there's no telling how much money uh tyron would have made in college but, <laughs> yeah i think somebody just compared his uh attributes to a uh, to a badger uh and and he kind of just ran with it he, he ran with the name <laughs> well there you go it's worked out because more people know him by that by his nickname i think nowadays That's than true. what they do his real name um well, I think I think that's pretty much. I think we've covered just about everything we need to cover right now. Is there anything else you want to throw in before we end this? Nah, man. I'm just uh, four o'clock today, right? I'm just, I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm, just counting, I'm, I'm counting this thing down to where I'm gonna have to text you and be like, "Hey, we got to get back on." So, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll know if Matt, like he's saying, we'll know if Matt Ryan is the quarterback by four o'clock uh eastern standard time because that's when uh the roster bonus drops for uh him that's on the atlanta falcons that. so yep all right um well i appreciate you spending the time got a little bit of had some fun got a lot of questions answered uh we talked about a, a lot of stuff about free agency and stay tuned because there's still a lot more stuff hopefully will happen in the next day or so, especially when it comes to the Colts free agency and the rest of the thing. Actually, there is one more thing I want to really quickly talk about because we did not get to cover it last week because it hadn't happened yet. Reggie Wayne is the wide receivers coach. What do you think about that? Um, yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. And I know, Coach, like I say, I'm, I'm good friends with Reg. We talk like every day in a group message, me, him. Antoine Bethea, uh Robert, you know, all the Cato, Cato, Cato's a big uh sign, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm excited about it as well, too, as a coach. But um I know I know Coach Wright. Oh, this dang internet. Oh, there we go. I know Coach Wright been asking Reggie to do it the past few years, and he okay, we're good now. Uh, I'm excited about Cato and Reggie. Like I said, we all talk every day. And, um, you know, I know Coach Wright been asking Reggie to do it for a while. And I've been telling him, man, like, you know, that's you. You got to do it. And I think he had to get over of seeing people in his eyes. Like, he always judged receivers off of him. And I always tell him, 
Like it's only one Reggie Wayne, man. You can't look at these guys and think they know it all like you. But I think he's going to be a hell of a coach because he brings that experience. But mentality-wise, he's going to bring a toughness to that room. Reggie never missed practice, um, always went 100%. I don't even think he missed many games unless it was uh, the ACL he had that 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 one year when he tore that. But, you know, he's going to bring that hard work, dedication, be committed, you know, back to that room. And uh, I'm excited. About, I'm excited about it. Awesome. Well, that'll be it for this uh, episode of Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet Online. And until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen. Uh, that's that Gerard way. Powers. Uh, Gerard Powers, JP. JP. Uh, until next time, go Colts. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.